Well, when I finally figured out what was going on, it was over, it was probably about $1,500 in the three years that he's had the Xbox. Wow, that's a lot. Welcome to Commando On Demand Insider. It's your fast-paced weekly update straight from Kim's desk to your ears. I'm Mike James, and in just a bit, Kim talks with Mark Burton, who is the head of a production company that produces movies. Because that's where the money is. Amazon alone spent over $7 billion in 2019 on original content. Just think about it. There's Netflix and Apple and all the others. What if you have an idea for a show or a series? How would you turn that idea into a series or movie? We're going to find out from Mark in just a few moments. And a new term for you, it's called sim swapping, and it has to do with cyber criminals. You need to know about it. That's coming up. Kim also checks in with a parent whose child spent over $1,500 on gaming and in-game purchases. How did that happen? We'll find out. Kim has this week's hot topic, what is hot this year at CES? Yeah, CES going on in Vegas all week. There are some pretty cool products there. We'll tell you about them. And we'll hear from a guy who started a company that cleans eight-story tall, $250,000 IMAX screens. How he and his business have been so successful. And today's trivia question. Every week we give you a trivia question and we ask you not to ask Cortana or who uses Cortana. Just don't use Siri or Alexa. And when Jeff Bezos decided to launch his online bookstore in the mid-90s, He eventually picked the name Amazon because it's the world's largest river and he wanted to create the world's largest bookstore. That, and it also coincidentally put him at the top of alphabetical listings. But it wasn't his first choice. Which of the following was his original idea to name Amazon? Was it Blue Origin, Cadabra, Redstone, or Spartan? Go ahead and think of the answer and we'll have it for you coming up later in this podcast. Quick reminder, this is not the Kim Commando Show. Every week, Kim gives you the very latest DIYs, tips, tech news, and we take your questions on the Kim Commando Show. And that is a podcast that you can get as a Commando community member. Now, the way to get it is to go to getkim.com. It's a lot of fun. You can join us behind the scenes of the show and watch us when we record on Fridays and meet some new friends in the blog. Again, that's at getkim.com. All right. Getting started in moments with a guy who's got his own production company and puts his movies on platforms like Amazon and Netflix, others. How does he do it? We'll find out next on Commando On Demand Insight. Well, technology moves fast, uh, almost so fast it's impossible to keep up with everything that's going on. And that's why there's Commando On Demand Insider. It's our way of keeping you informed and on the cutting edge of technology. And Kim's back with our first guest. Back in 2007, Netflix pretty much ditched the mail order business and started the streaming wars. But today, Netflix has a slew of competitors who are spending big money to get the right content to keep fickle customers. Amazon supposedly spent $7 billion in 2019 on original content. Apple reportedly $6 billion. Disney's entire annual content budget is $23.8 billion, but that includes sports on ESPN. Now, what if you have an idea for a movie or a binge-worthy show on one of these streaming platforms? How do you get it in front of the right people? How much money can you make? Well, my next guest here on the Kim Commando Show is here to help. Since 2000, Mark Burton has produced 15 films and a television series, including the Academy Award-nominated film Water. He's the CEO and principal of Wonder Worldwide, and they're in the midst of everything. 
Hey, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And before sure. we talk about the money, how do you see this industry changing? I mean, is it going to end up being two people like Uber and Lyft? Or do you think ultimately we're going to go back to a 100 different channels like we have on cable? Well, I don't know if it'll be a hundred different channels. I think it'll be somewhere in between. Um, you know, there are a number of, you know, big players who've come into the, uh, into the space, as you've mentioned, and they're all looking to serve consumers in, in, in with, you know, with all the, the different niches within, uh, within those groups. So, you know, you look at a family's Netflix queue, and they're looking to serve every member of the family. And I think that with Disney and Apple and uh, all of uh, uh, Amazon, all of the different folks who are, who are coming into the space, um, they're looking to, to serve that audience. So I think that as long as they're making shows that are finding, um, are, are finding that audience and, and those shows are resonating – uh, that there, there's going to be a lot of folks, uh, a lot of different companies who are going to be thriving. Are there some shows that you looked at and you said, well, I don't really think it's going to be a hit, or maybe it's an unusual show. Has that, have you ever run across anything like that? When there were four networks, uh, programming needed to be really broad, as broad as it possibly could be. And as the audiences have become more specific, and there are so many different kinds of content for so many different kinds of people. Um, that's one of the reasons why we have so much that, you know, a show doesn't need to be Game of Thrones necessarily, although that's fantastic when it happens. Um, there's opportunities for success uh, within smaller groups. So when we look at podcasting, Mark, for example, you know, everybody is trying to duplicate what NPR did with Serial with that crime podcast and just a you know blockbuster hit, obviously. And then, of course, then Apple Plus has Truth Be Told, which was based on that. Um, are there certain types of content that the streamers are looking for? Well, I think that ultimately it's they're looking for great stories. They're looking for originality. They're looking for um, something that's going to break through because as there's more content available across all the different platforms, uh, as well as cable and you know all, all the different places people go to uh, find material, they're looking for something that's going to be able to break through and resonate with whoever that audience is, whoever it's geared for. You know, you have the big names like The Crown, and you mentioned Game of Thrones and. Uh, what are some other big hits that people may not be familiar with? Well, you know, one of the interesting things with both Netflix and Amazon is there's also a lot of international shows that are resonating here uh, in the United States as well. So sh content that, well, Narcos is a great example. Narcos is a co-production with the U.S., but also with Brazil. Um, and so there's, you know, there's Fauda, which is uh, uh, another show on Netflix, uh, which uh, comes from Israel. Um, so there's, you know, there's so many, uh, there's so many different types of things that are finding, um, that are finding an audience here that you wouldn't necessarily suspect would have been the case 
five or 10 years ago before there was this real opportunity for content to travel. Well, you know what? There is just so much content available, right, Mark? And there are only so many eyes and there are only so many hours in a day. It, it seems like I, but still I'll look on Netflix or I'll look on another streaming service and I'll say, you know what? I, I really can't find anything to watch. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Well, you know, we, we trust the algorithm to kind of find things for us. Um, and I think that that, that there, there is an, uh, it's an interesting, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think people are looking for ways to kind of find find the content that is sitting on those platforms because sometimes we don't know that it's there. Um, and so we increasingly rely on the algorithm because you can't search for what you don't know is there, right? Now, I know people who are watching right now that they think to themselves, you know what, I have the next great Netflix hit inside my head and mm-hmm. I just need to write a treatment. I just need to get it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what is your advice to somebody who has an idea? Well, I think that it's it's not it's not necessarily new. Uh, if you if someone has an idea in terms of the way that that goes forward, it, it's it's not necessarily different that it's an idea for streaming or if someone had an idea for a movie uh, or a television series in the past. I think that you begin to kind of develop and put that idea down and then share it with some folks. See if uh, if if they respond to it and then you begin to kind of go in the traditional, the traditional routes, you know, whether it's through, you know, agents or people who are in the, in the business to kind of find a way in. And, you know, and speaking of the business, I'm glad that you brought that up. What, what do, what do these deals look like? I mean, I guess Netflix, because of the original programming, they'll put some money in to help with the production. And then you have all these other people who are involved. Can you just speak to that in a general term? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think that every, every situation is different and unique. Um, one of the, the, uh, I think that within the streaming world, um, there are these these situations where there's not you know a traditional back end, so they have different structures, and I think all of them, Disney and uh, Amazon, they're all kind of coming up with different structures uh, for how that works. Studios are making fewer films, and so certainly for for movies, um, it's a really interesting time um, as you look at the different streamers and the and the quality and the, the diversity of the kinds of material that they're making. And you do, you mentioned quality, because when you start looking at what these companies are streaming, I mean, we're talking about big budgets, you know, high production value. I mean, this is not, uh, you know, somebody with a webcam or their iPhone. I mean, you know, some of these, it looks like that they're spending at least $100 million on. And if the morning show, I mean, you've got two well-known actors that are here on a streaming platform that probably 10 years ago, they wouldn't even look at a script. Yes. Uh, it's listen, um, there's a real opportunity to tell, um, super compelling stories that are drawing, um, high level talent who want to tell those stories in, um, in ways that previously, um, they, those opportunities haven't existed. So it's an exciting time. I think for audiences and for creators. 
Well, Mark, thanks for sharing your wealth of streaming video know-how. Wow, that was great, wasn't it? Well, if you've ever had a technical question that you need to have answered and you'd like to have Kim Commando around, it's not as hard as you think. As a matter of fact, we'd love to have you on the show and answer your digital questions. Just go to commando.com. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com. And in the upper right, there is a button that says, Be a Caller. And yeah, it's as simple as that. Kim's special conversation with a parent whose child spent over $1,500 in in-game purchases. Coming up, how not to do that. And much more on Commando On Demand Insider. And right now, of course, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, took place in Las Vegas this past week. What was hot? Here's Kim. Walking around, it's easy to be taken in the promises of AI, VR, smart homes, robots, AKTVs, flying cars, and future tech. But the Mercedes Avatar electric sleek and futuristic sedan can move sideways and respond to a driver's touch. There's no steering wheel. Just place your hand on the controls and the car knows who you are by your breathing. Then the Samsung Neon. It's a very lifelike human-looking chatbot that's loaded with a ton of AI. You can bet this artificial human will teach yoga, read the news, and give financial advice. And the Lenovo X1. It's the world's first foldable Windows machine with a flexible 13.3-inch screen. It's stunning. Want tech DIY videos from people you trust? Go on over to the Kim Commando YouTube channel and you'll see why Kim's America's top digital expert. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a video. Just go to YouTube.com slash Kim Commando Show. It's Commando On Demand Insider. And let's say you buy a, a video game for your kids and they love it. And everything is going fine until you notice, hmm, bank account ain't quite what it used to be. What's going on? <laughs> Here's Kim. Lisbeth in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Kim. Thanks for having me. What's going on? Well, I, was, uh, I bought my kid an Xbox a couple of years ago for Christmas, and I am not a gamer. I don't know. I don't play games. But when I got it and I set it up for him, I had to give my credit card information in order to, to have an account. Right. With Xbox. And so I did that, and he's been crazy on the Xbox for the last couple of years, and I didn't know it, but he was charging, he was buying things through his games um, on the Xbox, and it was going on my debit card. Oh, gosh. It was little, um, and it's in the game, and it looks fun. It looks like gold coins or treasure, and you're clicking on it, and you don't realize that it's actual money coming out of my bank account. And it would be like a couple of bucks here and there randomly. And I did, so I didn't notice anything until I got like 10 charges in one day that totaled up to like 50 or $60. Wow. And that's when I freaked out. Yeah. Cause I, you know what, you actually bring up a really good point because, you know, you have to give them a credit card in order to set up your account, right? Yeah. And they make it look like it's not really real money, so to speak, uh, for the kids. But yet in actuality, it's like they're buying a better character or they're getting more powers or they're getting more lives. So so let me ask you a question. How much did your son rack up in total? Well, when I finally figured out what was going on, it was over, it was probably about $1,500 in the three years that he's had the Xbox. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of money. <laughs> so, so I went crazy because at the time when he got it, he's like 11 years old. And even now he's just turning 14. 
I'm like, how can you let this kid, underage kid, spend all this money and, and you know, nobody attempts to make contact with me saying all these charges are getting charged to my debit card. And they, uh, the people at Xbox were like, well, you, you left your card in there. You're supposed to take it off if you don't want them charging stuff. I'm like, well, this, nobody ever says that to you. And it doesn't come with written instructions right. telling you. And I don't know anything about the Xbox, so I was clueless. Um, and they, they fought with me for a while and finally went back 90 days and credited me back probably about $450 worth of stuff wow. that in the yeah. past 90 days. And so I was just out of luck. Yeah, that's, you know, it's it's unfortunate because you're right. I mean, it's not like it comes up and it says, okay, if you don't check this box, if you don't want your kids to do this. I mean, it's the same thing with apps on your phone, too. I mean, kids can rack up all kinds of charges on that as well. Um, of course, it sounds like you probably know now that there are some parental control settings that you can limit that. So they have to ask for parental approval. Um, and then there's also timers. And um, are you getting a weekly email from Xbox? No, I do not. That you know, I'll, I'll post instructions on how to do that. It's it's. I've been getting that for many years because if you have, uh, if you have a guy, I mean, he's going to be on Xbox because that's how they socialize now. I'm sure you know. I mean, right? I mean, he's got a headset on and he's talking to his friend who lives across the street. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like I'm like, why don't you guys like go out and play? And they look at me like I'm an alien. Like what? They are playing. Yes. <laughs> Go outside, see the sunshine. I'm like, yes. Breathe the fresh air. It'll be good for you. You're growing men. Um, so, but anyway, so I get an email once a week, even now, and it says these are the number of hours that he played. These are the games that he played. And if he racked up any charges, here's what he, you know, here's any charges that he racked up. So if any. Yeah, it actually is. And I actually like that um, every once in a while I'll joke with Ian and I'll, you know, I'll send him that email and say, you know, really, you didn't play Xbox last week. Are you okay? I mean, (laughs) is is there something that, you know, I need to know about? Uh, But anyway, it's really simple to set that up. And so now what are the new rules? Well, the, I took my, my cards, I disconnected my cards from the account, and now when he does, he gets a weekly allowance for doing tours, and I pay him in Xbox gift cards. <laughs> and that, and that, that way he can, or Amazon gift cards, and so he can shop online or he can buy Fortnite skins or, you know, whatever. Um I don't, I don't have my cards attached to anything anymore. That, you know what? That's good. Because if you do tie with a gift card, if that money has gone hasta la vista, is that, you know, there's nothing there until they actually put on another gift card. Which, you know, if you're ever giving a child not just a gaming system, but a smartphone or maybe you're giving them a tablet and you don't want to have mom and dad or grandma and grandpa tied to their credit card with that particular gadget, a good way to do it is that you can set up an iTunes account or an Xbox account using a gift card and you limit it to say $20 or $10, whatever it may be. As well as if you do have that set up, for example, on an iPad that you gave a kid, is that you can also set up uh, a monthly allowance. And so automatically your credit card um, would be deducted, say $10 a month, and then it'd be put inside the gifts, the kid's uh, particular account. But let's do this for Lisbeth. Let's go ahead and post some links on how you can set up some parental controls on the Xbox. But most importantly, how you can get that weekly email, because 
I have always liked getting that weekly email because it's kind of a reminder that, well, you're not supposed to be using the Xbox during the week. And on the weekend, you know, eight hours on a Saturday, eight hours on a Sunday is like way too much Xbox time. Uh, but it kind of comes with when you get that email, it's kind of a talking point for you and the kids to say, OK, what's exactly going on here? Elizabeth, thank you so much for your call. All right. This week's Commando on Demand insider trivia question is Amazon wasn't Jeff Bezos first choice to name the company. Was it Blue Origin, Cadabra, Redstone or Spartan? That answer is coming up in the next segment. And we're going to talk to a guy who started his own company and cleans those massive IMAX theater screens. They're eight stories tall and he's making some good money doing it. We'll find out how. Here's a new term to fear, SIM swapping. A cyber criminal steals your personal data, including your phone number. This crime is on the increase. A cyber criminal contacts a carrier, pretending to be you, and convinces the carrier to supply a new SIM. Then, the criminal controls your phone using a different device. So the 2FA text message that would normally alert you to the thief's presence never reaches you. Suddenly, your phone doesn't work, and the hacker is digging through your apps, your private data, and your bank account information. By the time you've caught on, your passwords have been changed and you're stuck desperately trying to regain control of all your accounts. What can you do? Be sure to secure your cell phone account with a unique PIN or a passcode. You can find the steps how to do this at commando.com. Worried about your privacy and your Amazon Echo? In Kim's new ebook, How to Use Your Amazon Echo Tips and Tricks, you'll learn how the pros use Alexa and still maintain privacy. Get advice you can trust. Search Kim Commando on your Kindle to get your copy now. It's Commando on Demand, where we talk to some of the most influential people in technology, the innovators that shape the future, and trailblazers who challenge and inspire us to do amazing things. Here's Kim's interview with the man who cleans eight-story-tall, $250,000 IMAX screens. Uh, one of the reasons we go to the movies is to experience it all on the big screen. These massive screens can measure up to eight stories tall, and they're pricey. They cost around $250,000. And when I saw the movie Ford versus Ferrari in the theater recently, and I love the way Enzo told Ford there was no deal, it suddenly hit me, who cleans the screens? Well, let me put it this way. People aren't exactly lining up to do it. We found the pro, and Mike Cortanto is here joining me on the Kim Commando Show. And it all started when Mike was only 15 years old, and his friend's dad offered him a job cleaning movie screens on the weekend. Well, today, Mike and his best friend developed a patented cleaning process and launched 1570 Cinema Services. Okay, I have to start by asking Mike, what's the weirdest thing you ever found stuck to a movie screen? Uh, we find nacho cheese all the time, spit wads, but probably the strangest thing we've ever found was a used diaper wedged between the screen and the masking frame. Oh, you're kidding me. A used diaper? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you have to think about the person who went to see a movie and then changed the kid and then couldn't figure out that they should probably take the diaper to the ladies' room or the men's room, right? Yeah, yeah, that would have been a good idea. So you started when you were only 15 and you were cleaning the screens and then you launched this massive company. How much does it really take and what does it take to actually clean the screen? What's the process look like? Well, we, we specialize in three different screens. Two of them are large format or giant screens, and there's flat giant screens, and then there's the flat domes. Um, those we do about 
a couple dozen of those a year. But what we do every single night is the multiplex screen. And we do thousands of those a night. And each each um, screen surface requires a different process for cleaning. So you do thousands of those every evening, obviously located in other states. And are are these people that you hire in these communities? Or is there a machine that, that does it? Or how does it work? Well, I may have misspoke. We do thousands a year. So I've got two other business partners, and any time a screen is cleaned, one of the three of us is always on site. And what can go wrong? Well, if you use the wrong materials, it's very, very easy to damage these screens. They're made out of a very delicate uh, painted perforated nylon. And if you were just to place your hand on the surface of these screens, it could potentially ruin them forever. And so I assume that you have some liability insurance and waivers <laughs> that that the cinema operators have to sign. Yeah, we've got we deal with insurance quite a bit. Fortunately, we've never had a claim in in 15 years, so we're very fortunate. And can you knock on wood right now or something like that? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Just don't want any bad karma juju coming down on you. And so, how do you get your customers? You call them up or do they find you or how does all that work? Well, when we started the company, we only specialized in the giant screens and um, we did them all over the world. And so when we, we were actually very fortunate in that the, the multiplex vendors actually reached out to us. Um, they weren't getting consistent uh, cleanings on their screens and they asked if it was something that we, want, we were interested in doing. Um, and so we started out with the giant screens. We were successful there. And now the, I would consider the bread and the butter of the, uh, the business is the multiplex screens that we do every night. And uh, it just kind of fell in our lap. So we were very fortunate. It didn't have to do much selling. Oh, that's nice. And so how much does it cost to clean a screen for a, a cinema operator? Well, it depends. It's around $100 a screen for uh, a screen here in, in the United States. We do work in uh, all 50 states. For the giant screens um, and domes, it really depends a lot on where it's located. Um, we've done giant screen cleaning in uh, over a dozen countries. And so, as you can imagine, a big factor just depends on how much it's going to cost to go to, you know, say, India. Um, and they're going to need to, uh, you know, compensate us for travel on the way out there and the way back. So for two people, a lot of times it that's a bulk of the pricing, um, but it, it really varies. Um, you know, a screen here in the Midwest or in, uh, here in Texas would be a lot less expensive than a screen overseas. Well, you know, that makes a lot of sense, especially because you have your time traveling and then you have the expense and hotels and all this other stuff. And I'm sure, uh, you know, getting those liquids through TSA might be, uh, what would we say, a bit of a challenge, right? Yeah, we 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 uh, tend to check that baggage, or we'll even ship it FedEx, and they'll they'll let us know when it, it arrives there safely. Then we'll do our travel. So you know, you mentioned the different types of screens: domed, flat, huge. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you see as the trend moving forward with screens, and and what the theaters are replacing the screens with. What are they doing now? Because you know, a lot of people believe that the movie theater is a dead and dying business. No. Um, well, that's an excellent question. So where we think we're going with our small business is we're really interested in expanding further into cleaning specialty screens. We recently got into cleaning screens on cruise ships for cruise lines. And if you think about it, there's projection surfaces all over the place in a lot of markets that we haven't tapped into yet. 
Um, the cruise cruise line market again just kind of fell in our lap. Somebody reached out to us, and we were very fortunate. Um, you know, I, I do hear news about how people um, may not be going to the movies as often, but as far as our small business is concerned, we've been very lucky in that every one of the last 15 years that we've been operating, we've exceeded the previous year's sales goals. Which is very awesome, especially when you have a small business. Do you have any investors? Do you have any debt? We don't have any debt. Um, we don't have any investors. All all three of us are, are partners in the business um, and are fortunately, you know, don't have to report to any group of investors. Yeah, you know what? I love that because um, with my company, we have no debt. We have no investors. We want to do something. We just sit around the table. We go, okay, here's what we're going to try today. And it's so nice not to have that debt burden so that this way you have to make, you know, a lot of decisions based on servicing that debt. Yep, exactly. You're exactly right. Okay, so I have a question for you. When you're at home, your TV, do you have thumbprints on the screen? <laughs> you know, it drives me crazy. I spend a lot of time on the road. To answer your question, no, there's no thumbprints on the screen. But, uh, you know, we eat out a lot when we're on the road servicing these theaters. And I've noticed, you know, if you're at a, a chain restaurant and you're watching just a sports game or something, I'm very picky. And, and it's the first thing that jumps out at me is if there's some sort of soda splash or thumbprint on the screen. I notice it all the time. I can't turn it off. <laughs> Do you ever want to just like reach out and clean it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't done it yet, but it's it's always crossed my mind for sure. See, that would be great, great marketing for you. I mean, you go into this bar, the game's going, you got all these guys and gals that are all rooting and raring for the game. And you're like, excuse me, just can we just have a moment where I clean the screen so we can really see things? No, I've thought about it. Believe me, that's an excellent question. Hey, Mike, thanks for being on the show today and for sharing what it's like to be the go-to guy in the screen cleaning business. And if you like this interview, check out more interesting folks that we've had on the show over on my YouTube channel. Head over to youtube.com slash Kim Commando. Time for the answer to our trivia question. Jeff Bezos created Amazon in the mid-90s, but Amazon wasn't his first choice for the name. The trivia question is, was his first choice Blue Origin? Cadabra, Redstone, or Spartan? Well, the answer is B, Cadabra. That's short for Abracadabra because Bezos wanted the name to show just how magical it was to buy from his online bookstore. Then his attorneys got involved saying the reference was too obscure and that over the phone it sounded like cadaver. Yeah, that doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? If you picked A, Blue Origin, that's actually the name of the aerospace company that Bezos founded in the year 2000. And if you were right with the answer, Kadabra, congratulations. Good job. Hey, if you're not subscribed already, please uh, click that button before you go. We really appreciate it. It'll get this show right to your device, even while you're sleeping. And here now, it's Kim with some final thoughts. Universal translators are nothing new in science fiction. Star Trek, Doctor Who, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Men in Black, and many other shows have used them for years. But the next one that you see is real, held in your own hand. Google has quietly released powerful new artificial intelligence-powered software called Interpreter Mode that works with Google Assistant on Apple and Android devices. The software lets two people who speak different languages carry on a complete conversation. But best of all, there's no lag. You simply fire up the app and say something like, be my Mandarin translator, and then whatever you say into your phone is instantly heard in the other language. You can type phrases, too. The software translates the 44 most popular languages in real time, so odds are 
there's a language you don't speak on that list. If you have an Android, Google Assistant is built in. iPhone users need to install Google Assistant from the App Store. Science it is, but this is no longer fiction. Hey, keep your digital know-how going. Find your local radio station that broadcasts my show, along with more DIY how-tos and tips, videos, free news alerts delivered from me to your email address, along with the Commando community, where you can blog and ask all your tech questions on our website. That's commando.com, and I'll see you on the radio for the Kim Commando Show.